Nexus Church is all about cultivating an authentic Christian community where old and young alike journey with Jesus and are transformed by the gospel. May we be challenged and inspired by the power of His Word. We forget the season when we forget ourselves. And sometimes what's happened is the season is shifting but we're still holding on to an expired identity. And sometimes it's a new us we have to discover because God's already trying to do a new thing. And so the title of my message is called Dinner or Destiny. And this is a father message as well. And God's going to have a great exchange moment tonight in Jesus' name. Genesis chapter 25, verse 29 says, One day Jacob was cooking a stew. Esau came in from the field, starved. And Esau said to Jacob, Give me some of that red stew. I'm starved. And that's how he came to be called Edom, which is red. And Jacob said, Make me a trade, my stew, for your rights as the firstborn. So remember, Esau and Jacob, just in case you don't know, they're brothers. Esau is like a man's man. He was born with the beard. He was a hunter. He was that guy. Jacob, like myself, bit of a mama's boy. You know what I'm saying? So Esau's outside killing stuff, and Jacob's in there like, Mom, you know, I think these drapes are going to go great with the fall season. You know what I mean? So, like, it was this whole thing that was going on. Or for all my Marvel, Avengers, multiverse people there, Esau... Thor, Jacob, Loki. That just blew somebody's mind. You're feeling the glory of God right now. Just receive it. Just receive it right there. You've never seen that before. But true story, imagine Thor and Loki. And literally, Jacob's name means deceiver. And whenever we've always talked about the story, you know, Jacob's the protagonist. You know, Jacob's the guy. He's the one with the promise. And uh, stuff Jacob tonight. It's about Esau, okay? We're putting ourselves in Esau's shoes because I want us to understand something in his story. And I've been, this has been stuck on my head all week long. And I want us to receive something tonight. Esau was the firstborn. Esau had a birthright. If you're the firstborn in here, raise, raise your hand. If you're, if you're the oldest, come on now. There we go. So, you, you know, you're going to love this message. But everybody else, you're going to get something too because we're all firstborn in the kingdom of God. So check it out. Esau's hungry. Jacob's cooking. Esau wants Jacob's food, and Jacob's like, make me, a, make me a trade, my stew for your rights as the firstborn. You know, so forget stew. I went to Top in Town last night, this bomb Indian place. And you know it's good Indian when all Indians are lined up to eat the food. You know what I'm saying? And so instead of stew, I'm thinking butter chicken with the garlic, you know, the garlic butter naan. You know what I'm saying? A little yogurt on the side. Good stuff. Hot, fresh. You know, so Jacob's throwing down in the kitchen. Esau is hungry. And Jacob says, first swear to me, and he did it. And on oath, Esau traded away his rights as the firstborn. Jacob gave him bread and stew of lentils. This was an exchange. He ate and drank, got up and left. And that's how Esau shrugged off his rights as the firstborn. Few facts about a birthright. In Hebrew culture, number one, if you had the birthright, you got double the inheritance is all your siblings. All the firstborns make some noise right now. You like that. Next, watch this. Next, if you had the birthright, you were considered the family judge. You had judiciary, legal authority, and power over your household. So you've got authority. 
On top of that, you're the family priest. If anything goes down, you have the authority to go to the temple and offer sacrifices to God, and you get to say, I'm sorry, on behalf of your whole family. So if you get the birthright, you've got double the inheritance, authority, and access to God, but there was one last benefit or right of a birthright. It was transferable. And Esau trades away all that for butter chicken? I mean, I've had some good stuff in my day, but I've never had a meal so good I trade away a birthright for it. And he does that. And so let's process this for a moment. If the birthright was that amazing, how could Esau trade it away? And there was two prevailing thoughts. One, he genuinely didn't care and valued the meal and maybe his personal ability is worth more, or B, maybe he was never taught to understand the true worth of a birthright. Which one do you guys think? Uh, option one or two, what do you reckon? Just let me see some fingers up in there. One, two, what do you think? So see some twos out there. Yeah, a couple ones, there we go. So the prevailing consensus is two. The answer is actually both. I want to show you something that maybe you've never seen before in scripture. Esau valued dinner over destiny. He valued the comforts, the cravings of this world over something that was so eternal and could outlive him and outlast him. A meal that he maybe enjoyed for 30 minutes somehow had more value than something that could affect his children's children. And he made a trade, an exchange, that some of us would think is bizarre until we realize that we make that trade every day. That's what the heart of this house is in this season. You guys, winter's over. And so often from this stage, we're saying, destiny, destiny. And some of us sit in our seats and we're like, dinner, dinner. But it's Father's Day. So have a look at this. In Genesis chapter 27, verse 2, let me introduce you to Esau's dad. I'm an old man, he said. I might die any day now. Do me a favor. Get your quiver of arrows and your bow and go out in the country and hunt me some game. Then Fix me a hearty meal, the kind that you know I like, and bring it to me to eat so that I can give you my personal blessing before I die. Hunting expeditions in Hebrew culture could take weeks, if not months. You notice it says, go out into the countryside and hunt me some game. This is not like go kill a chicken out the back. Let this sink in. His father's on his deathbed could die at any moment and thought it was a greater priority for his son to go get him dinner first instead of laying a hand on him and declaring destiny first. Esau valued a meal over his birthright because his father valued a meal over the blessing. Why couldn't his dad say, hey son, I don't know how long I've got. Come here, let me bless you. 
I don't know how much breath I got in me, but come here. Let me lay a hand on you. Let me declare destiny over you. Let me speak life over you. Let me give you something that's eternal first. Let me declare something over you. I don't know how long I've got, but my priority is something that's eternal. My priority is not the carnal. Let me declare a blessing over you first, and then with whatever time we've got left, you know that thing I like. But what we know through the story is that Esau was only loved for what he could do not for who he was. So therefore, he didn't value a birthright because it was not something that he could do with his hands. A hungry father created a hungry son. And some of us in this room, we've chosen dinner over destiny, but it's because that was what was taught to us. Some of you amazing people in this room, you had a father that valued the fleshly and the carnal or the temporal as a higher priority than the things that are eternal. And so we sit here as Esau. Oh, and just in case you didn't know, while Esau went out to go hunt again, good old Loki, dear old Jacob, and the mom plot together. They dress up Jacob like Esau. And Jacob steals his older brother's blessing all over dinner. So imagine this. You're Esau. And you've been swindled out of your birthright. And now robbed over a blessing. All because of food. Do you see the design of the enemy? This is why we have to get out of this winter season. Because there is something so divine. There is a great exchange that God wants to do in this place. But some of us are holding on to the meals, our goals, our agendas, our egos, our, pre our, our, our prejudice, our, our preference. And we're missing the beauty of the eternal, of partnering with the divine and there's something that God wants to do in this room and so the question I want you to write down is what's your dinner what's that thing that the Holy Spirit is reminding you of right now what's that person what is the thing that is the thing that's getting in the way of you walking in destiny what is that car? It can be career. It can be life. It can be a person. It could be a thing. It could be a you. It's between you and God. But there is always an exchange. So for starters, let me explain to you what I mean by birthright and blessing, just so we have some clarity. Number one, the birthright is the eternal call of God. And the destiny and purpose on our life. That is the thing. Another example is the rich young ruler, right? He goes to Jesus, what must I do to be saved? And he's already following most of the commandments. I mean, and hear me, he was operating in a measure of blessing because he was already a rich young ruler. And then Jesus says, yeah, yeah, come sell everything you have, give it to the poor, come follow me. And the word of God says he walked away downcast. Why? Because he held on to his dinner and he ignored destiny. So what's that thing? See, the, the birthright is the call of God. See, that rich young ruler was hungering for something more. Clearly, he had accomplished a lot, but he knew there was a fullness. See, that passage says, what must I do to be saved? But the 
more direct Hebrew translation is, what must I do to walk in fullness? That's really what the rich young ruler was saying when he came to Jesus. And Jesus gave him an answer, but it required an exchange. And he didn't want to make that trade. The blessing is the favor and anointing. Oh, you could turn my mic down a little bit. The blessing is the favor, anointing, and empowerment of God to walk in your birthright. So tonight, there's some people here, and the biggest war on the inside of you is, why am I here? What am I called to do, God? What am I supposed to be doing in this season? What is the purpose and plan for my life? Right now, it's 2022. It's sizzling September. God, what, who am I right now? What is going on? I'm working that angle. I'm telling you, I like that. So what am I supposed to be doing right now? Others of you in this room, you understand your birthright, but what you lack is the blessing. You're like, God, I need the anointing to do it. God, I feel these things. You put all these dreams on the inside of me. You've given me all these goals and all these dreams. But God, I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't feel strong enough. I don't feel good enough. I don't know if I, there's enough resource. And so tonight, some of us, we feel like we're lacking the birthright. Some of us feel like we need the blessing. Sometimes we feel like we're missing both. And it's all because we feel like Esau sometimes in the middle. Certain things, we've made trades. And sometimes shame holds us back. And we feel like we've missed our window and our moment. And other times, maybe you grew up in a family where something was done to you. Maybe you're even a father now in this room and you understand that I think I had a hungry dad. And you carry the pain and that frustration and not feeling like everything on the inside of you is filled. And it's that wonder, how do I do this for my kids right? How do I not mess it up for the next generation? How do I not make those same mistakes? And you feel that, and all I know right now is tonight, God wants to give you back the birthright and the blessing. Tonight, God wants to restore everything. Tonight is a great exchange, and God is so beautiful. And just quickly, as the team joins me right now, see, for me, this was my story. My father had a father that lost his life tragically. And so my biological dad had things on the inside of him that were missing. And so he wasn't able to stay with my mom because he didn't understand what being a husband was. My stepfather, who my mom married when I was six, amazing man of God, they're still together to this day. But my stepfather's dad, get this, was a Baptist minister and a military sergeant. Only thing worse than Baptist is like the military. Like it's just, it's, that's the jump. It's a thing. And so... He never heard the word, I love you. So my Christian stepfather who showed me Jesus struggled to show me emotion. And so I was this broken kid in the middle with two dysfunctional father figures who came from hungry dads who struggled to give me what they had. And then I self-medicated and tried to figure out my own life and ended up in rehab at the Los Angeles Dream Center. And that's where God began to put the pieces of my life back together. But here's what I want to share with you tonight. I want to read to you a classic passage of scripture. But I want to read to you the rest of it that maybe you've never heard before. This is Romans chapter 8 verse 28. And it's an amazing verse. And it talks about God works all things together for the good of those who are called. And, you know, and they love him and they're called according to the purpose. But... Look at the rest of this. And this is a dad blessing for tonight, I feel. And we know 
that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. For God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. See, God knows you. He's called you. He's brought you to himself. He will put you back in right standing no matter what birthright or blessing you feel was robbed of you. And he wants to cover you with his glory tonight. See, I'm so grateful for the restorative power of God because God gave me five healthy dads in exchange for the two unhealthy ones that this world gave me in a sense. While I was in that rehab, five guys, one was a youth pastor. One was one of the counselors. Another was a youth leader. Another was a volunteer in the church. And these amazing men of God became a father to me. And in that community, in that healthy atmosphere, and through moments of encounter with God, an exchange began to take place. All my shame, I began to give it to God. In exchange, he began to give me back my birthright and a sense of calling and destiny. All that pain and all that trauma and all that brokenness, I began to give it to God. And in exchange, he called me into his presence and his grace. And see, some of you in this room, God wants to have an exchange with you because you sit here hearing all this vision about what we want to do in the next season but yet you still hold on to the pain of all these bad exchanges that have happened. You're like, Pastor, I don't have a birthright. I'm trying to figure out where the blessing is and you're talking about all this new stuff God wants to do and so you carry a weariness because there's a new identity God wants to give you in this season. There's healing that wants to happen. In this room, there is father wounds that God wants to heal on Father's Day. And on top of that, he's going to change the generations. He's going to change the way you parent. He's going to change the way you love your kids. And you are about to see a healthy move of God. I stand before you now as a father of three gorgeous girls. My life and, and my wife, everything has been so divine. We can just throw that photo up real quick. I'll just show you. I, you know, I should have done the obligatory. Here's my wife at the beginning of the sermon. But, you know, God had other plans. You know, I don't know if we even have that photo, but it's like my wife and kids. It's okay. Scratch it. It's all good. I have a wife and kids. They're there. They're real. But you know what's amazing? Pastor, three months ago, I get a phone call from my dad. Talk about an exchange. He says, son, I've been watching you. Like, this is the dude who helped destroy my life at three years old and, you know, walked, went off and did his own thing. And he said, son, I've been watching you. I love the way that you love your wife and I love the way that she loves you. And you make me want to try marriage again. Would you do me the honors 
of officiating the wedding for me and my girlfriend because I want to start changing my life. See, there's an exchange that God wants to take place. And in this room, not only can he heal your today, he can change the way you raise up your future, but God can even begin to heal yesterday. And there's an exchange in this room that God wants to do. There's healing. This is going to be a healthy house with healthy moms and dads, healthy young people, healthy children. And we're going to see a multi-generational birthright and blessing flow through this house. And then it's going to be easy to spring into everything that God wants to do and that he's about to take this house. So do me a favor. Stand to your feet right now. Thank you, Holy Spirit. First things first, just do me a favor, close your eyes. And we need to cover the bases and make sure that, number one, no one in this room is missing out on a relationship with Father God himself. So if you're here today, here's what I want you to do. I, I want to destigmatize altar calls just for a second. I want you to look at these like servicing a car. You don't ever say, oh, do I need it? You ask yourself, when was the last time I did? See, guys, God's yes is forever. Our yes is so temporary. The yes I said on September 17th, 2010 is not the yes that's kept me married. It's all the yeses every day after that. It was renewing that yes, renewing that love, constantly reaffirming it through every season, through every up, through every down. I had to renew my yes and maintain that. So guess what? Even our yes to God, some of y'all, you've been driving on an expired yes. And that's why this new season has been so rough because God wants to renew registrations tonight. There's, there's an exchange that he wants to give in this moment. And so here's a moment to get a birth right here's a moment to receive the blessing to get the anointing to get the power to get the purpose on everything that God has put on the inside of you there is an exchange that he wants to do right now in the name of Jesus so do me a favor close your eyes first things first if you need to receive the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ I'm talking to you but not just for those who need it for the first time for those who need to do this for the first time in a while it's time for us to walk into this season with a fresh yes. So if that's you and you'd like to receive Jesus Christ or just recommit your life just to renew and refresh your yes to Jesus, to be a follower of Christ, to freshly receive the joy and the gift of salvation. If that's you, one, two, three, just raise your hand right now if that's you. Thank you so much. Thank you for the hand. Come on, I got some brave people all over this room. We got some dads. We've got some kids. We've got some young people. Come on, we got young adults. There's a freshness. There's a freshness. There's a freshness. We thank you, God, for these hands that are raised where we say yes to you, where we receive the gift of salvation, where we remind ourselves of the sanctity and beauty of your blood shed on a cross when you gave your life for us. Thank you, God. You can put their hands down. Thank you, God. So we're going to pray together and just repeat after me very simply. Just say, God, thank you for sending Jesus to die on a cross for my sins and my mistakes. Forgive me. Wash me clean and make me new. And from this day, I say yes to you. 
I receive you now. Be my father and I will be your child. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can we celebrate that right there? That's the goodness of God. That's, that's, that's already a freshness. That's already a freshness. There's already a freshness. And so as we close, I genuinely believe there's some Esau's in the room and there is a divine moment of healing. There's a touch of God right now. And some of you here, you feel like you genuinely were born into families where you were robbed of a birthright and a blessing. Jacob wreaked way too much havoc in your world. If your name is Jacob, I love you, I'm sorry. Just working with the Bible story, so no, no, no offense taken. But if you're here tonight, you know whether small trades you made where you chose dinner over destiny or where you know there's been gaps in love that was missing because of the family that you grew up in and you would like a healing touch of God I'd love you to either a raise your hands or come to this altar and worship and we're gonna just close this moment with a beautiful exchange and God is going to bring so much healing. And then on a Father's Day, it's so fitting that we just reconnect with the Father heart of God. So if that's you, just begin to move, do whatever. Just come to the front, raise your hands. But we're going to worship right now. We hope this message encouraged or perhaps even challenged you in your Christian faith. Our pastors meet regularly with people to pray and support them, and we extend this invitation to you. Please let us know if we can contact you to offer support. Simply call the office or visit nexuschurch.com.au.